Good morning. My name is Scott, Scott Liu. I'm the lead pastor here at Great Exchange, and it's great to have everyone here, and especially if you're visiting with us, a particularly warm welcome joining us in our church community here at Great Exchange. I wanted to just share that as the pastor here, all that really means is that I have the privilege of walking with the folks in this community that call this church their church home, their spiritual home. And the joy for me is to walk with and point people to Jesus, even though we're flawed and imperfect, this is also a community full of creative, intelligent, thoughtful, faithful people. And so today, we get to look at the great story of Easter, the great story of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at two passages, but what happens is that these passages that we're going to look at actually reveal a dilemma. It's the dilemma of Christianity. It's a dilemma of Easter. It's a dilemma of the way of the cross. And it's been there since the very beginning of Christian faith. And it's the dilemma of Christianity even today. And that dilemma is that Jesus is alive. Will people believe? Jesus is alive. Will people believe? The first passage we're going to look at comes out of the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to read this passage, but it would be a little bit like going to a movie and you come in when 90% of the movie has already played. And so it might be a little bit confusing if you don't know the rest of the 90% of the story because we're really coming into the last 10% of the movie. We're coming into the last 10% of the story. And so just to pick up where we're going to uh, read in just a moment, this is the scene. The scene is that there are three women. Two of them are named Mary, and there's a third woman. And in this scene... They are going to the tomb where Jesus is supposed to be. Because a few days before, Jesus was killed on a cross, and he died, and he was put into this tomb. And there was a stone that was rolled in front of it. And so that's all that's transpired. And of course, the life of Jesus and all of his miracles and even his birth, all of that came before. But now we are here to the last 10% of this story. And this is where we pick it up in Mark chapter 16. So this is what the scripture says about Resurrection Day. When the Sabbath, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, the three women, they brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. They go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, 
Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. They were going to the tomb. They were expecting to find the dead body of Jesus. And instead, they find this young man. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. That was the three women. But then we see a little bit more of the story about this one woman, Mary. And this is verse 9. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared, this is Jesus, appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. This woman, Mary Magdalene, had experienced a healing from Jesus before. And Jesus first appears to this Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, meaning the disciples, as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. Let me read that last part again, putting in who, who the, the pronouns are. But when the disciples heard that Jesus was alive and had been seen by Mary Magdalene, the disciples would not believe it. And right here, in the very beginning of Christian faith, in that first resurrection morning, we have the dilemma of Christianity, that Jesus is alive. And then there's the question, will people believe that? Could that be put up on the slide, please? This is the dilemma. It's actually the dilemma of Christian faith today. But what's striking is that it was actually the dilemma of Christian faith even then when Jesus was raised from the dead. See, because Mary went and told the disciples and they did not believe it. Mary believed. She saw Jesus alive and she believed. But then when she told the disciples, they did not believe. Mary Magdalene, she was a woman who knew Jesus. She had walked with Jesus. She had been healed by Jesus. She had been delivered from her own demons that plagued her, and she followed him. She was a follower of Jesus. And as she sees Jesus alive and raised from the dead, resurrected from the tomb, she knows that a few days before, Jesus had been killed on the cross. 
The disciples, the followers knew. They all knew that a few days before, Jesus had been killed. See, that was, that was the story. That was the other part of the 90%. That Jesus Christ was seen as a, as a political rebel rouser, as someone that people did not want him to take power, did not want him to come into leadership, did not want him to be the Messiah. And so he was killed on a first century Roman instrument of suffering and torture and death. And that's what a cross is. That's what a cross was in the first century. It was a symbol of death. It was meant for pain. It was meant to put down political or religious rebellion. But then this is the way of the cross. This is what Jesus Christ did, which was so profound, that he took this cross, he took this symbol of death and dying and transformed it into life. He took this symbol and transformed it into something of hope. He took death and transformed it to life. He took darkness and transformed it to light. It would be now as if present day you would take an electric chair, and transform that into a symbol of hope. That is what our present day cultural equivalent is of what this cross meant in the first century. And that is the way of the cross. Can you put that next slide up? This is what Jesus Christ did. The transformation from the signs and symbols of death to the signs and symbols of hope and life from darkness into light. And this is what Mary tells people. This is what he tells his followers. But they would not believe. The second passage of Scripture comes out of the Gospel of John. It's also an account of the witness of this resurrection day. Now, I don't know what you will do with this, but I'm going to read this second witness The second witness is a little bit different than the first witness. And for you, because it's a little different, do you look at that and go, wow, it doesn't match perfectly? That means that it must not be true? Or in the course of human witness, do you go, wow, it doesn't match perfectly? But I know in the course of human witness, no two human witnesses match perfectly. And that must mean that this really happened. It's the dilemma of Christianity. Jesus is alive, but will people believe? Here's the second witness. It comes out of the end of the Gospel of John, and it talks again about Mary Magdalene and her experience with the resurrected Jesus. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, And saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. People usually think that that's the disciple John. And said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have taken him. So Peter went out 
with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. So Mary, again, the tomb, Jesus is not there. And she tells Peter and the disciple that Jesus loved. And then what happens is that Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved, they run to the tomb and they look and they also see that it's empty. And so those two disciples, they head back to their homes. But Mary stays at the tomb, this empty tomb. And then John's witness goes on to say this in verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had laid, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you, we- why are you weeping? And Mary said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She recognizes him as Jesus. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers, that's the disciples, and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, and your father to my God and your God. And his witness concludes this scene with this. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he said these things to her. Mary said, I've seen the Lord, and this is what he said. Mary discovers Jesus, and she's the first preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ, that the Lord has risen. I don't think it's an accident that Jesus first appears to Mary, that first appears to one of the women who followed him. I don't think that was an accident because everyone knew that men were followers and even the 12 disciples are the most famous of the followers of Jesus. But women followed him too. And I don't think it's an accident that Jesus appeared first to a woman. I actually see it in affirmation that women also follow Jesus. But it brings us back to the dilemma. See, Easter is about one thing. And Christian faith is about one thing. That in the way of the cross, Jesus moves from death to life and from darkness to light. But the dilemma of Christian faith and even the dilemma of Easter is that Jesus is alive. Will people believe? 
on Good Friday. It's just a few days ago. We had a worship service that remembered the cross of Jesus Christ. This is a hard thing to believe, that Jesus actually rose from the dead. But this isn't the only difficult thing that happened around Jesus Christ, and will people believe it? When Jesus died on the cross, there were also some very, very difficult things that he said. And even then, in the darkness of Good Friday, in the story of Jesus, he says things that, you're like, what are we supposed to do with this? Do we believe this? When he was hanging on the cross and dying, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's praying for the people that are killing him, that God would forgive them. What are you supposed to do with that? Does Jesus really have the power to forgive people? Does, does God really have the power to forgive? There's something else that Jesus says, and we talked about it a little bit during the Good Friday service. Jesus is crucified, and then there's, there's criminals crucified on one side and the other side of him, and there's one criminal who says, Jesus, we're dying but I believe you are the Messiah. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when we all die and you come into your heavenly kingdom. Remember me. That's what one of the criminals says to Jesus. They're dying on the cross. And you know what Jesus says? Jesus says to this criminal, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What are you supposed to do with that? Is that just what one dying man says to another dying man to try to comfort him? Or can Jesus keep that promise? Can Jesus keep the promise to the criminal and say, today you will be with me in paradise? The resurrection of Jesus Christ shows that Jesus can keep that promise. That Jesus can keep that promise. That Jesus is alive shows that Jesus has power over death and can transform it into life. That he can keep that promise. Today you will be with me in paradise. But that's the dilemma of Christianity. Some people believe it and some people don't. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. The message is going to take a little bit of a turn. And what we're going to do in a moment is actually hear something about this message of resurrection, but from the perspective of Mary Magdalene. I'm going to invite uh, the worship team to come forward right now and a woman in our church, Sandy, who has created a spoken word piece from the perspective of Mary Magdalene as an offering. It's not a performance, but an offering within our worship. Spoken word is a poetic form of rhythmic uh, poetry, verbal presentation, if you've never seen this before. 
And so she will present that in an artistic form. Mary Magdalene is a woman who knows Jesus. She's been healed by Jesus. Her demons have been transformed by Jesus into healing. Mary Magdalene herself knows the transformation from darkness into light. Hi, everyone. Happy Easter. I'm Sandy, and I just wanted to say, when I wrote this piece, um, I did it from the perspective of Mary Magdalene. Um, there's not that much to go on about her, but um, from what there was, I was just really struck by her. And I thought it was fitting to tell her story in spoken word. Anyone familiar with spoken word? Okay. <laughs> um, simply put, it's just, um, you know, like a form of poetry that just it doesn't want to stay on a page. It's really meant to be shared and spoken aloud. So here we go. I couldn't find myself in the dark, that dark that didn't just surround, but crept through my skin and bones, smothered my soul with voices of its own. I wasn't any kind of normal, except in sipped sighs of sanity that just amplified the foul lunacy before they shoved me down again till I stopped struggling, trapped in my mind's dark cave. One day, light surged like a wave. Jesus swept into my darkness, flung out the demons, and called me by name, Mary Magdalene. The maze I'd been lost in lit up with hope. My soul found a home on the road, devoted as Jesus' disciple. Oh, History likes to make his ministry into a three-year fraternity from Galilee to Jerusalem. But now you can tell him we women were there too, serving, learning, just sitting at his feet. I was reclaiming the me I was meant to be. Until darkness fell again. Once we heard Jesus had been arrested, we rushed over. Only Sadducees and Pharisees already had him molested. How could those charges go uncontested? That mob's cruelty was like a torch in a dry library. All my screams and pleas burned up till at Golgotha we turned up. Nails, splinters, thorns, sword, sin as everything went into him, out of me, all hope like ashes crumbled. I saw how gravity pummeled Jesus' shoulders on the cross that Friday morning when others had turned tail and run. I heard him choking, invoking heaven and his father, still the perfect son. Then at noon, when the sun should have been at the highest, Darkness strangled all the light in the world. Like the end of a book, like the slam of a door, it was done. Another darkness had begun, an empty one, with a void so vast, there was no peace by which to grieve. I couldn't believe Jesus was gone. So after Sabbath, after Sabbath, 
After Sabbath, I straightened my knees, tipping my toes towards his tomb. And when I saw that big boulder plucked from the hole, like, like a child's marble, like an improbable dimple, I thought, oh, well, this is simple. I've lost my wits again, lost my marbles again. But recalling how Jesus had once found me in the darkness, my fingers paved paths in that burial space, blindly scraping the stony grain like Braille, searching for answers in vain. He's not here. Suddenly, an unreal light pierced the gloom. A voice rebuked me for trying to find Jesus at the tube. As the light and voice ebbed in the dawn light, drew me like a tide outside. Wait, wait, where did he go? Please tell me. Why am I crying, you ask? Because they've taken him away and I don't know where to find him and I need to because I just don't see. Like a sunrise that creeps up from behind, I heard him say, Mary, there has only been one so radically kind, like he has always known me, but somehow still loves me. As his pupil, I turn to that teacher of mine. My pupils unwind to embrace that beloved light. And I saw it was true. Death died, Jesus lives through, and I, Mary, I tell everyone, <laughs>